0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about
1: spirituality and how it can work in your favor... Would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James
2: Robinson. And welcome to Get Real Radio, everyone. My name is James Robinson. I'm your host, and I'm also the guest speaker today. So, uh, we're going to have a great time and talking about a subject that most people don't want to talk about, and that's death. You know, one of the things that I've I've discovered as I go along my spiritual path and I take workshops and read and learn as much as I can about living is that we really don't understand what death is and and most people are very afraid of it. And this can really wreak havoc with enjoying our life. And so I wanted to take this uh, time today I experienced with death, both personally and with my loved ones. And also what I've learned Because I think that there's a lot that the whole p- death process can teach us about how to live. And and I know that all of us are seeking a high quality life. We want to feel uh, successful. We want to accomplish something. Most of us want to have a purpose that we can fulfill in this life. And just somehow we tend to block ourselves. We tend to get in our way. And I think that one of the subconscious things that we do to limit ourselves is we really don't have a good understanding of of what death is, and it can interfere with uh, having that life that we want so desperately. You know, look at it this way. Um, The life is like an educational process, and for most people, that go through an educational process, whether it's school or self-study or whatever, there's usually a goal in mind. And the purpose for most educational processes is to graduate. And... Most of us want to do as well as we possibly can at whatever we're doing, and so we we want to get that good grade. We want to learn as much as we can, and I think life is like that. I think that we're here to learn as much as we can. We're here to uh, have as much fun as we can. We're here to accomplish as much as we can and to experience as much life as we can. And if you look at death as the graduation of life, we can either go through this educational process and graduate at the top of our class and go on to higher levels, or we can flunk and have to repeat the grade. And that, to me, is pretty much wraps up what reincarnation is all about. I, I think the goal that, most people have in this life is to enjoy it. And the only way that we can enjoy life is to do the best we can. I think that, you know, we can lie to uh, everybody except ourselves. And if we're not doing our best, if we're not trying to get the most we can out of life, I think that shows up in many ways in the quality of life that we have. So how would you feel if you go to school and you were totally oblivious to the fact that you were going to have to graduate one day. Or you knew that you were graduating, but you were too lazy or too undisciplined or too uh, uncaring to really prepare for that graduation. I think that I I have a recurring dream that... uh, Haunts me, and that is that I'm in school, and I have not signed up for any classes, and I know that I'm not going to graduate. Or even though I may not, gra- I may graduate, I'm, I will graduate at the very bottom of my class, and I'll have to repeat that class over and over and over again. And you know, when I wake up, I always have to uh, get into the position of wanting to do better. And so the best time to want to do better and to start doing better is right now. So I wanted to talk about that uh, today as far as how can we do better in life. And the only way to do that is to understand what death is all about. You know, Mahatma Gandhi once said that we must learn the art of never grieving over death. No matter when and to whom it comes. I uh, suppose we shall do so when we have really learned to be utterly indifferent to our own death. And so how we feel about dying has a lot to do with how we experience life. I mean, if we're afraid of dying, how does that affect us? I mean, we've got a billion-dollar plastic surgery industry out there that are that's trying to make people younger. And most people end up looking not so good. But we're trying to stay, we're trying to achieve immortality, and it, and it just doesn't work that way. So we spend money on looking better. Uh, if we're in denial about dying, how does that affect us? Well, look at all the obesity, look at all of the childhood disease. Look at all the people who are procrastinating and refusing to make of every day, make the most out of every day. So if you're not embracing the fact that you're going to graduate one day and you have to do the best you can on a daily basis, we're not going to do as well. So what do you take for granted? You know, I had the thought this morning driving into work that I am one of the luckiest people that I know. And one of the things that people who don't appreciate death, or are not aware of death, or you know don't think about it ever, is that they they do start taking things for granted. And one of the things that are, is absolutely true in my life is that if I'm aware, at least aware of death, and that I will die one day, that makes everything that I experience so much more precious. And I can enjoy what I'm doing because I know that one day this will all change. So think about it for a second. Uh, Just stop and be still and think about your death. How do you feel about that? Do you feel afraid or anxious or some sort of sinking in your stomach? Are you afraid of it? or are you looking forward to it are you enjoying your life so much that it won't matter to you whether or not you die because that's the uh, you know the dilemma that we face in the west is that if we're totally afraid of dying that we cannot even start living because we're all the time we're afraid of dying we're not We're not embracing our life. We're not enjoying our life knowing that one day that will change. You know, the purpose of most belief systems that we hold is to improve the quality of our lives. We form these belief systems uh, to help us with life that try to help explain what's happening try to uh make you know to help us be happy or enjoy what we're doing and if the belief system doesn't accomplish that then it's not serving us and one of the biggest belief systems that we all have to deal with on a daily basis is religion and religions at least in the west christianity catholicism uh and other re- belief systems that have a you know have one of these risk reward or reward and punishment scenarios when we die, whether it's heaven or hell, you know can really wreak havoc with how we enjoy our life i I had an interesting conversation one time with a Christian mother who was so proud that her teenage son had just gone and killed a deer on a hunting trip and I I couldn't believe it because I asked her about the commandment that says, thou shalt not kill. And her response was kind of predictable and that, well, that doesn't apply to animals. But death applies to every living thing. And our belief systems will determine whether or not we enjoy life or we suffer through it. And if we can, that also applies to how we perceive death. I mean, does it make sense to you that most religions try to rationalize suffering by making it a prerequisite to getting into heaven? You know, people i have sat through sermon after sermon about the fact that Jesus got on the cross and died for our sins, and that was a good thing. I'm not so sure that's accurate. Now, I'm not criticizing Christianity, and I'm not casting any doubts on that. But I'm just saying, if you have a belief system that says you're supposed to suffer during this lifetime in order to gain some benefit after we die, I think you're missing the boat. And if I had that kind of belief system, I know I would be missing the boat. I mean, if your belief is that suffering is necessary, how can you avoid it? So most people view life and death the same way. It's either optimistic Or pessimistic? Do you view life as an opportunity, or do you feel that it's, you know, suffering and then you die? Most people who view life as an opportunity also view death as an opportunity. And let me share a personal story with you to illustrate this point. In that, my parents are devout Christians. My father has taught uh, Sunday school or adult Bible study for almost 60 years. My mother was also a devout Christian, and she, she was very active in our church, belonged to a lot of groups. She did a lot of community work. She did everything that people would expect from a fine Christian woman. Now she left us about 7 years ago and I can remember the biggest fear that she had on her deathbed was that she was going to go to hell. And I was shocked because she did the best she could and she did a lot of good stuff in her church and she was at you know there re- regularly she prayed she did everything right and yet she was still afraid. And she was absolutely uh, convinced that she was going to go to hell. And so what kind of life would we have if all we can think about is that we're going to hell? So start living in the moment. Start thinking about, well, how can I change this? I mean, my father is the same way. He, As I said, he's been uh, very important in our church for decades. He is the same way. Why he 's very afraid that he's going to be punished for whatever he did during his lifetime, so the, the how we view death, how we believe, what we believe that 's going to happen after our death has a direct effect on whether or not we are going to enjoy our lifetime or whether we're going to suffer because if we really truly believe that if we die it's going to be a big party we're going to be happy we're going to enjoy whatever that experience is we're going to that's going to come over and affect how we our joy and our enjoyment of our life because we aren't afraid but if we are afraid and we're living in fear and we're fighting it fighting it fighting it then it's not going to be a very uh happy life, or at least all of the people that I meet in life that are suffering, they are depressed, they are having problems with relationships, their business, whatever. You know, when I start talking to them, well how, how do you view death? I always find a seed of truth under there that somewhere along the way they got the belief that they were going to be punished when they die. Intellectually, I think everybody understands that we're going to die, but most of the time, I think that we are really afraid of going through that event. We assume we're going to live forever. So the material things of this world becomes important. Money, possessions, relationships, reputation, popularity. That becomes primary importance because this is all we have, but the truth is that's not all we have, and during the next uh, segment of our show, we're going to talk about what to expect when we actually go through the death process, and and there's been a lot of research and a lot of anecdotal evidence of, of what actually happens when we die, so we're going to get into that in the next segment, and we're going to take a short break right now. Uh, And I'll actually share with you my own near-death experience. So this is Get Real Radio. My name is James Robinson, and we're talking about death. We'll be right back.
4: and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjoe Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business.
1: Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossard where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's toll free 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mr. at gmail.com. That's mr. James at gmail.com. Now,
2: back to the show. Welcome back to Get Real Radio. My name is James Robinson, and today we're talking about death. And the thing that I want to share with people is that there's, you know, a lot of people really haven't studied death. They haven't studied the death process, and they really haven't thought about, well, what can I learn from death? How can that improve my life? And what can, you know, if I really knew more about what happens when we die, can that make my life better? And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this segment is what's called as near-death experiences. And it's well documented that when our body starts to die, that our mind does not cease functioning. As long as our mind is getting oxygen, or even after that point, we are experiencing perception. We're being aware. Um, I'll get into the common elements of a near-death experience in a minute, but the thing is to re- is to understand that the mind and our awareness is not connected to our body or what the physical sensations we're experiencing. I use the definition that death actually occurs when our consciousness leaves our body permanently. I guess the difference between death and near-death is that near-death, the consciousness comes back in the body. And so... Uh, One can differentiate between a death experience and a near-death experience by whether or not the person revives. You know, there's lots of literature out there, lots of books um, being published right now about people who have near-death experiences. And one thing to understand is a near-death experience is pretty common. I mean, there are enough people on the planet today that I think the statistic is there are about 600 near-death experiences that are documented a day. So that's a lot of people that are having these experiences. and, And, you know, interestingly enough, it's not common knowledge about what happens. And the biggest thing that you can take from these anecdotes or these stories of people that go through it is that your awareness continues after your body ceases. And the thing about modern medicine today is that even though our body ceases, it can be revived, either through electric, electrical shock with the paddles or drugs that stimulate the heart or whatever. Doctors are getting very good at reviving a non-responsive body. So we're having more and more and more of these stories about what happens after we die. Now, let me go through some of the common events that people have reported because I, I think that if it happens over and over and over again, it's a pretty good uh, chance that this will happen to you. If everybody's experiencing similar things, then there must be something that we're all sharing. One of the most common events is that people report a intense, bright light that comes into the room, and even though they may be in a coma or they may be uh, unconscious or their eyes are closed, they report this this brilliant white light. It's, it's not uncomfortable; it's very peaceful, but it's very bright. Um, then they experience what's called an out-of-body experience, where you actually float above your body. A lot of people report that they're well. Um, seeing people either doctors or their loved ones from above them or they actually travel they can go to loved ones far away and their stories about how this person was wearing this coat or this they were doing this activity and they were miles away at the time of the near death experience some people report that they go into other dimensions or other places and and most people equate this with a heaven or a heaven-like experience where they experience great joy they experience great calmness or they uh, experience great peace and which would be very comforting to anybody who is afraid of dying that there's that there's actually a very pleasant experience after your body ceases another common experience is that you meet other people or other beings that help you or guide you uh to wherever it is that you want to go. Some people report that they've met people who have predeceased them. Some people report that they have met angels or archangels or people that they've learned about in their religious studies. And so there's there's definitely a common theme that there's There's actually other beings on the other side that are there to help us. One of the many uh, experiences that uh, people report is a tunnel-like experience where you're going through a tunnel. And that's with a bright light at the end of it. Almost everybody that comes back from a near-death experience reports that. Uh, There's also communication with other being. Obviously there's not talking, but there's some sort of telepathic communication with um, the beings that you meet on the other side. There's also a life review where you go back through your memories and you experience uh, a heightened consciousness about what you've done in your life and one of the things we'll be talking about in the next segment in the physical, what actually happens physically when you uh, are die and the, and the physiological changes that your brain goes through and your body goes through, um, you know, there's also a lot of scientific information that these phenomena, these visions are caused by the natural deterioration of your body. But we'll get into that in just a minute. You know, I was in Ireland several years ago and was uh, someplace I shouldn't have been, and as a result, I got beaten pretty severely with a baseball bat, and I had a near-death experience in which I left my body, uh, felt a great sense of calmness. I understood that my this wasn't my time to leave my per my body permanently. And I was sent back into my, my body. And even though this may not have taken more than a few seconds, I definitely remember talking to other beings. I remember that my work on this planet was not over and that I had to go back into my body. And, and even though I was covered in blood and wasn't very pretty, you know, that gave me a great sense of calmness and peace about the fact. That you know death is not a scary thing, and a lot of the people that have gone through near death experiences uh, are uh, also report that they have a great deal of calmness and peace about the fact that when they die it 's not going to be a scary thing so one of the things that there are a lot of effects that people report that are the result of uh, These near-death experiences. And one of them, and probably the most common is is that they lose their fear of dying. So you can see that if we prepare for the death process, if we're not afraid of the death process, then that can bring a great sense of peace and calmness and joy to our day-to-day life. Uh, One of the Results of going through a near-death experience is also a focus about the quality of our life. How are we enjoying the time that we have on the planet? We cherish each day more. We're much more uh, connected to the life experiences. We want to know more about divinity, and we start focusing on spiritual studies and spiritual practices because... Of these events and perceptions that we have after our body starts to shut down, another effect of having a near-death experience is that there's more compassion and understanding uh, between the people who with the people who have gone through this death or near-death experience because they understand that it's not a scary thing, but there are so many people that do perceive it as a scary thing, and it's affecting their living. People who have been through a near-death experience report more self-confidence. They report that being more extroverted, they feel like they have a sense of purpose, and they have a much higher appreciation for life. They, uh, they, they develop more patience. They become physically stronger, and their spiritual beliefs are heightened. So there's lots of things that we experience uh, in near-death experiences, that can help us understand that death is not so scary. And remember that most people fear death because they don't know what's involved. They they haven't had any training. They don't know that it's you know that there is an afterlife. They don't know that this afterlife is very pleasant, and they don't and they're very afraid of what's going to happen when they go through that process. Again, it's, it's like school in that if, if everybody thought that graduation meant that you were going to be you know hurt, very, very few people would enjoy the education, uh, educational process. And so what you have to understand is that everything we've learned about death may not be true. And so we're here for a specific purpose. We're here to have fun. So if we have a belief system that scares us to death every time we wake up, oh, my God, I'm going to die, oh, my God, I'm going to die, then we have not been properly trained. We don't have the proper education in order to fulfill our purpose on this on this physical planet, which is to have fun. So the uh, death process... Um, actually begins when we're the day we're born and even though we may live to be 150 years old every day we're getting closer to that point point. and it's not you know as i've said before people perceive life either optimistically or they perceive it pessimistically and the only thing that philosophers and enlightened beings and gurus and teachers Uh, bring up the subject of death is to make us appreciate life more intensely, to enjoy our experiences because we know it's not going to last forever. That doesn't mean that something bad is going to happen. It just means to enjoy the day, enjoy every single moment. Don't worry about what's going to happen in the death process. It's going to be great. So just let let go of that. The thing that is important to remember about the death process is that we all die similarly to the way we live, and we live the same way that we're going to die. So how do you want to live? Do you want to have fun? Do you want to uh, help people? Do you want to enjoy your life? That's how you're going to experience your death, because certainly a life well-lived will result in a very peaceful and very uh, non-traumatic death. But the thing that um, I want to emphasize in the next segment and what we'll talk about more is this idea of have fun and enjoy life because that will affect your death and why it's important to enjoy life and have fun because you want to have the most satisfying and peaceful and joyful passing that you can think of. And that is, if you properly train for it during your lifetime, it'll be easy. No problem. And so I want to talk the next segment about what to expect when you start the death process and and how living A full and fun and enjoyable life can affect that. So um, right now we're going to take a break. And this is Get Real Radio. My name is James Robinson, and we'll be right back.
1: Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Ah, a nice glass of wine is very refreshing after the end of a long day. But have you ever considered the story behind the wine? Tune in to Bacchus & Beery Wine Radio. With your hosts, Roger and Donna Beery, you'll meet some of the people behind the world's wineries, travel the wine country, and learn more about that glass that you're enjoying. Roger and Donna will also give would-be vintners a behind-the-scenes look at starting a winery. Bacchus & Beery Wine Radio airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety.
3: If you are a dreamer aspiring to realize your dreams, join host Michael Friedlander for dreamers, winners, and making a difference. For Michael, to be a winner doesn't mean you must have finished first or must have great wealth, fame, and lots of toys. Instead, it means you must have realized your dreams without cheating or acting unethically. It means you must have made a difference for the better in the lives of those you've touched. Tune in to Dreamers, Winners, and Making a Difference, live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network.
1: You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now,
2: back to the show. Welcome back to Get Real Radio, and my name is James Robinson, and we're talking about the death process, and even though that may be a, a morbid topic, it really has more than we th- to do with how we can enjoy our life. Than it does to focus on something that we all would rather not think about. The I want to talk right now in this segment about what actually happens when the death process starts, because there's uh, when we start when our body starts shutting down for natural reasons. We have certain experiences that if you know they're coming. It won't be that scary, and you'll be expecting them, and you'll go, okay, um, I'm here at mile marker number 14. Uh, we got 14 miles to go. So you have to understand that in the death process, your body starts shutting down, and various parts of your body shuts down quicker than others. It has to do with the amount of oxygen we're getting to our system and to our brains, and the... Various organ cells, the skeletal cells, the uh, brain cells, all start shutting down at different rates. And the first thing that you'll notice when it's time to go through the death process is that you will become very sleepy. And the body will start to sleep most of the time due to the fact that the body is not producing enough energy to move then we will lose the desire to eat or drink. Swallowing becomes very difficult and our mouth gets very dry. Uh, Voluntary muscle function ceases, and then bladder and bowel control fails. This is what's called the agonal phase, which includes disorientation, uh, restlessness, and difficulty breathing. If there's a lot of fluid in our lungs, then we will experience what's called a death rattle or uh, all that fluid gets bound up in our lungs and we start to have great difficulty breathing. The next phase is a clinical death, and that is when our organs start uh, shutting down. Our heart, our lungs, and our brain functions start to slow down and stop. Our blood flow ceases to our brain, and even though... Uh, this is when most people start to slide into the uh, permanent death. Right now in clinical death is when a lot of people are resuscitated and that's when they they report they had a near death experience. The last phase is called biological death when and this is the point of no return. And this is starts approximately five to 10 minutes after the clinical death. Uh, Our brain starts to die off because of lack of oxygen to the brain, brain, and our body starts to lose heat and turn cold. This is called algor mortis, or the death chill, and rigor mortis, which is when our body starts to stiffen, sets in after about six hours. Now, the people in the East have made a greater study than the medical process here in the west and and they have studied this process for thousands and thousands of years and there are very subtle signs that you can look for that will give you a a better timetable of what's going to happen next Um, the first thing that people start to notice is their mood starts to change in other words some people would describe it as having a bad day. But if you're really struggling and you're angry or feeling a lot of negative emotions, that could be the beginning of the death process. There are oftentimes a dramatic loss of weight and stamina. In other words, you get tired easily and you start, start dropping weight very rapidly. Um, I noticed that this is happening with my father as he goes through his death uh, process, he's lost uh, almost 100 pounds now, and he's easily tired. Another one that people aren't probably aren't aware of is that you we experience constant uh, hiccups or repeated hiccups while we're going to the bathroom. A lot of times, our hearing changes because our inner ears become blocked and the connection between our inner ear and our brain starts to break down. Uh, Overall, there's a drop in our body temperature. Uh, We lose our sense of taste or smell. Uh, Our personality starts to change. And if we like something before, we may hate it when we go through the death process. If we like where we live, we may all of a sudden hate where we live. If we're kind and gentle, we may become very uh, aggressive and ill-tempered and vice versa. One other thing that uh, to notice is that if you press on your fingernails and then the blood flow doesn't return very quickly, that's probably a sign that your circulatory system is breaking down. Sometimes... Uh, you can tell when you blow on your hands if your breath is cold, then you will know that you 're starting to lose body heat, and that means that you 're going through the death process if your tongue shrinks or feels odd or unusual, and you and you point it out of your mouth, you put it out of your mouth, and you can 't see the tip of it anymore because it 's shrinking. That's a sign that we're going through the death process. If the, you know, when you press on your eyeballs and let go, you see lights or colors or that sort of thing. When you start to die and your optical nerve starts to decompose, that will stop. You won't be able to see those colors or anything. Uh, A lot of times people start hallucinating and believing that they're seeing the sun when it's dark. Uh, or we think we're seeing stars during the daytime. If we sit in the sun and can no longer see our shadows, that's a sign that our optical nerve is uh, decomposing and we're going through the death process. Sometimes people report seeing the uh, stream of energy flowing from the top of our head down through our body. We become dry-mouthed and saliva no longer forms in our mouth. Uh, the end of our nose becomes pinched, or black marks appear on our teeth. Our eyeballs sink into the hollows of our eyes. Our bodies start to shiver uncontrollably, uncontrollably, and we have repeated dreams of like falling from high mountains, or that we're naked, or that we're traveling south. Now, some of the... Uh, Folklore of other cultures would say that if we start seeing a red urine in men, that means that we've got about six months to live. Or if semen starts to dribble from the penis, it means that there's four months to live. Um, If it turns black, that means there's two months to live. If women start having white menstrual discharge, that means there's two months to live. If your thumbs start to draw into the palm of your hand and like an arthritic condition, that means that there's about six weeks to death. If your gums turn black and your nostrils collapse and flatten, that means there's nine days to death. If your limbs start to shrink, that's five days to death. And if your orifices become blocked, That means there are three days to death. Now, I know all of that's gruesome. I know all of that's pretty graphic. I know all of that stuff we really don't want to hear. But cultures who are immersed or very familiar with the death process use this information in order to uh, let people know when to start focusing on their next journey to start uh, thinking about where they want to go when they die, to start thinking about um, what is going to happen. And if we're sitting with a loved one and we're noticing these symptoms that are coming, we can offer them comfort. We can offer them words of encouragement that they're going to be joining their loved ones soon, that they're going to be... Uh, out of pain, that they're going to experience a wonderful experience that will uh, be joyful and peaceful and calm. You know, the thing is, is that uh, one of the things that we all want is our loved ones to enjoy their death experience. And if they're struggling and they they have guilty feelings or something, it's up to us to be able to assure them that they're going to experience a peaceful death and that they're not going to experience uh, pain or suffering. Because one of the things that happens when they get near to the death process, near to the final event, is their brain will start emitting endorphins. And that's where they feel this feeling of calm and peace and uh, they're ready for death. And if we can assure them that their passing is going to be joyful and peaceful and uh, enjoyable, they, they will be able to uh, process these endorphins more quickly. Uh, the, they'll be able to reach that state of peace and calmness that they need in order to uh, cross over. You know, one of the things that uh, a lot of people I I witnessed um, with my mother's passing is that she sent everybody out of the room, and that is uh, fairly common according to the hospice worker is that people are more comfortable passing over uh, if they're not being watched. But that's something that, you know, is a matter of training. Do you want people to be with you when you pass over? That's something that can be discussed beforehand. And one of the things that I highly recommend to allow people to go through a peaceful and calm death process is to sit down with them and talk to them about how they would like for this to happen. Um, do they want people with them as they go? Do they want to be uh, have... Uh, sedation do they want to have a religious uh, person there or a priest or a a monk or whatever belief system they believe in so to help them cross over one of the things that's very helpful is to tell them that there will be a guide that will meet them on the other side and take them to wherever they want to go so they won't be alone Um, there's Always give them the opportunity to leave their final thoughts. In other words, if they want to say, uh, "I'm uh, I'm sorry to anybody," or if there's something that they want people to know uh, that they haven't had the opportunity to tell them, it would be. It's a great process for them just to r- write a quick note or to tell the person that's with them, something that they would like to pass on to these people so they can um, leave with with a clear conscience, in other words. You know, this is a time to unburden themselves with all of the guilt and the shame or whatever else they've been carrying all of their life. And so they can cross over without all these burdens that they've been, for whatever reason, carrying with their life because the death process is actually preparing us for what's next and we can certainly discuss uh a, for a lengthy time what it, whatever that is that's not what i want to get into today what i want to get into today is to understand that the death process can be peaceful it can be calm it can be joyful and if we prepare for it then we can Enjoy our life as well. Because one of the things I've noticed in my own life, if you're really afraid of something that's going to happen uh, and you're not prepared for it, it can be a very traumatic experience. You know, uh, there's so much that has to do with what our belief systems are around death that, uh, you know, I can only leave you with a couple of comments right now because we're almost to the end of the show. Um, and I've really enjoyed uh, sharing my experiences with you because if you do embrace the finality of the fact that we will graduate from this life and we can make that graduation fun, we can make that graduation peaceful and we can enjoy it and go on to the next grade uh, free of all the worry and, and burdens that we've had in this lifetime just know that if you really 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 have enjoyed your life the death process will be easy but if you struggled all of your life because you've been afraid it's probably because underneath all of it you've never really come to grips with the fact that you're going to die one day and so if you can come to grips with that if you can prepare for your life uh, and for your death, then you will be able to enjoy all of it. You'll be able to have fun. If you're not afraid of dying, you're not afraid of living. And so just remember that. If you take anything from this program, just remember that there's nothing to be afraid of. As you know, I love sharing my experiences and wisdom to help empower people. And and I wanted to let you know I'll be continuing this talk on this topic and an awesome workshop around death. Now, I know it sounds funny, but it's truly a wonderful process for all. So check at my site, jamesgrayrobinson.com, for updates to the events section. Watch for me on Facebook, and you'll find out when I plan to do this, and you won't want to miss it. It'll help bring us peace, joy, and calmness, and then it's done. So look out and join me on this very important topic and journey. Thank you again for tuning in
1: to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.